while being out of your comfort zone can be very terrifying at times, every opportunity is such a great chance to get closer to achieving your goals and dreams that you may not even know existed within you. And once you realize that, I think you can really take it to your heart when they say the world is your oyster. Welcome back to this week's episode of Global Get Down. I'm your co-host, Nana. And I'm your co-host, Giselle. This week, we've invited Yu Jung Lee, who is a fourth-year student in the IR program at UBC. She has taken part in a research project on democratic health communications during COVID-19, where she had the opportunity to work alongside UBC professors to create the Rapid Principles of Democratic Public Health Communications. These are official guiding principles for policymakers on how to effectively manage health communications in future pandemics. Listen in for her insights into entering the field of research during your undergrad studies and following health protocols while getting involved on campus. She will be sharing advice for current international relations students looking to make the best out of their degree. Hi, Yujung. Thank you for joining us today. Would you like to introduce yourself first? Hi, my name is Yu Jung, and I'm currently in my fourth and last year at UBC. I'm studying international relations and minoring in law and society, and I'm very excited to be on this podcast today. Thank you for having me. No, it's our pleasure. And where are you from, Yu Jung? I am originally from South Korea, but I grew up in many different places, actually. Mm-hmm. So... For example, I was in Russia for a little bit. I also grew up in Romania, Hungary, um, and Prague as well. So I had a very international upbringing. So talking about IR, um, tell us, would you, do you want to tell us why you chose to major in IR at UBC and perhaps also why you chose UBC? Yeah, for sure. So again, going back to my upbringing, I had a very international upbringing and Uh, Since high school, I was very interested in um, politics, global politics, and I was part of Model United Nations and debate clubs. So I think that just naturally geared my interest more towards studying uh, political science slash international relations. And I chose UBC because uh, having grown up in Europe and Asia primarily, I kind of wanted to experience another side of the world and I wanted to go to North America and just UBC happened to provide me with a great opportunity, uh, both financially and um, just the experience wise. So I decided to come and attend UBC to study uh, international relations. Amazing. Um, So actually, the reason why we have you on um, our episode today for Global Get Down is because we know that you uh, took part in an exciting research project. Mm -hmm. um, And we wanted you to uh, tell us a little bit about your experience um, being part of that research project, what it was, um, how you took part in it, um, just for our IR audience to sort of... um, get a little bit of insight on how to get involved when you're in the IR department at UBC, you know, how Mm -hmm. to reach out to professors, how to, uh, where to find volunteer experiences. Mm -hmm. So could you describe what that project was um, and how you came to be part of this uh, research opportunity? Yeah, definitely. So 
Last summer, I worked with Dr. Heidi Torek on a report investigating the democratic health communications during COVID-19. And the report essentially recommends how to put health communications at the center of democracy's response to the pandemic. So while the report draws its recommendations from nine different countries and two provinces, I specifically focused my research on South Korea and wrote a case study on South Korea. And following the publication of the report, I also had the opportunity to present with Dr. Torek at a seminar hosted by the UBC Center for Korean Research to share some some of our findings. So that was kind of what I did last summer. And how, how did you even get involved with this project in the first place? Were you the one to reach out or? Yeah, so I was actually very fortunate because I came to join this project uh, through the kind introduction of Dr. Yves Tibergian, who was also my professor for the Japanese and Chinese politics classes. Uh, he re- reached out to me about this opportunity, and I was obviously very uh, happy to take part in it. Nice. Then you must have stood out somehow in that uh, course or class you were taking. Um, would you agree? Or uh, I think I was generally very um, enthusiastic about what was being taught in the courses. So with that being said, I think it's really important for your professor to get to know you before you take on a research position, because I myself was also referred by Dr. Tibergian for this project. So if you are interested in a particular topic, I think it's really important to go speak to your professor during his or her office hours. And obviously, the better they get to know you and your strengths, the easier it will be for them to connect you with research opportunities. And also, I think the simple act of simply sharing your research ideas with your professors can also help you better understand your own interests and professional goals. So um, yeah, I completely understand that approaching your professor can definitely feel intimidating. It is an essential part of being a successful student. And I think professors also really want to help you to get the most out of your education. So I would definitely highly recommend to go talk to them so you can discuss your research interests and hopefully that will lead to um, other projects that you can be part of. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That, That's really good advice for um, upcoming students and students who are currently in the IR program. Um, You mentioned that you wrote a paper for South about South Korea. Was that for this class with Heidi Torek? No. So actually, I got introduced to Dr. Torek through Dr. Tibergian. So I hadn't taken any classes previously with Dr. Torek. Um, But I presume that uh, Dr. Tibergian had an understanding of uh, my writing abilities and that helped him refer me to Dr. Torek. Awesome. And so would you say you are very interested in South Korea? Because I saw in your report that South Korea was one of the studies in Mm -hmm your project. So I was wondering if your research interest in that particular country also was beneficial to finding such, like a project in a similar avenue of interest. Yeah, um, I was definitely interested in um, South Korea, the South Korean case study, but also more broadly, my research interests kind of focus on East Asian politics as well. So I think uh, having those research interests definitely uh made put me in a better place for this research position yeah thanks for sharing that so let's talk about um i think we should talk a little bit more about the research project um so you sort of outlined 
um, what the purpose of the research project was. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about how you worked on the project? Um, you know, especially um, now that we're in a pandemic, were you working from home um, or even in that case, were you still able to maintain a good working relationship with your uh, team and professors, despite not being able to see them in person? Or tell us a little bit about how um, you were working on this uh, project. Yeah, so I obviously worked from home and mainly communicated via email. We also held regular Zoom meetings to discuss our progress with the report. So um, although it would have been ideal to meet everyone in person, I think um, Overall, I was able to maintain a great working relationship with the team, and that made the project uh, even more so uh, fruitful for me because I think this mutual passion and excitement brought everyone together. So um, although we didn't get to meet in person, it was such a great experience for me just to get to uh, talk about um, my findings with other uh, students and professors uh, like on the report itself. Mm -hmm. And I have a follow-up question to this. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference between working on a research project like this, like an mm -hmm. actual official research project mm -hmm. versus writing a paper for a course? Um, is it quite similar in um, the sense that both are research projects or are they entirely different, you know, mm -hmm. um, or are they so different that they're perhaps not that comparable? I would say it was very different because, first of all, when you're writing a paper in class, you're writing for a um, somewhat academic audience, whereas this research report, uh, the target audience was for uh, politicians and policymakers and perhaps even other, anyone else, any the general public to um, acquire more understanding about democratic health communication. So first of all, I think the language uh, was very different in that aspect. And also the research process was also very different because when I'm researching for an essay that that is planning to be submitted for a course, I would have to do um, literature review and kind of find many different academic peer-reviewed sources, whereas for this research project, I had to do more research on um, media reports, and I, because of my knowledge of uh, Korean, the Korean language, I specifically went and um, aggregated a bunch of information from different Korean media, media sources and kind of had to formulate my uh, opinion based on those sources, so I think that really uh, was different from an writing an academic essay, for example. And were you able to still leverage some of the skills that um, you've gained from the IR department and being it, or you know, have taken poli sci courses where you've written a bunch of essays and research mm -hmm. projects already? Were you able to leverage some of those skills in this research project? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, the IR department does an excellent job in. Um, helping students build on their writing skills in general, whether that is for a general audience or an academic audience. I think just having a the ability to write um, papers that are effective and concise is uh, something that I definitely uh, have leveraged for this project as well. And also, um, I think my ability to 
conduct research from a wide variety of sources have also helped me greatly for this project because I had to be flexible on the kind of research that I have to do. So I think that was uh, especially helpful for this research project as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll jump in here. Since we're talking about your research, could you share with us some of your research findings? Yeah, of course. So uh, there were many interesting findings from the report, which makes it hard for me to pinpoint just a few. But since I focused heavily on South Korea, I can definitely talk more about my findings on South Korea's COVID-19 health communications. What I found that stood out to me uh, was that despite its proximity to the COVID origin and open border policy, meaning that South Korea did not institute a stringent lockdown like many other countries, it is one of the very few countries to have successfully flattened the COVID-19 curve, essentially through uh, clear and accurate messaging and physical and online spaces, uh, also transparent messaging through contact tracing and also empowering messaging that builds public trust and national solidarity. So um, through these strategies, South Korea was able to swiftly respond to the pandemic. And these findings were very consistent with the five broad principles that the report puts forward that underpin an effective democratic public health communications. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you talking about the rapid principles? Yes, the five rapid principles. So my findings on South Korea were consistent with the five broad principles that the report um, suggests. And yeah, overall, the findings were highly fascinating, not just for my case study, but for other case studies as well. So I will highly recommend everyone to go read it if they have the time. Yeah, um, I gave it a look and I also recommend those that get the chance to read it. There are some Mm -hmm. very interesting avenues explored. Um, what about a fond memory you would like to share from your overall research experience? So like whether that was the research and the findings or just communicating with your peers, sharing or a, like a process or a group meeting that you thought was, yeah, this is what I like and this was a good experience. Mm-hmm. One of my fondest memories was writing the actual case study. So the prospect of my writing being published for the first time was very exciting. And frankly, it still is. And also, I really enjoyed being a part of such an enthusiastic team. The lively discussions we had honestly made this experience a thousand times more enjoyable. Uh, Also, another fond memory that I have is that the seminar presentation that came out of this project. I still remember the rush of adrenaline that came from presenting at the seminar. And I don't think I will ever forget that, given what an extraordinary opportunity it was for me to grow professionally. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Is there any advice you'd give to other IR students about getting involved during a pandemic or working in -hmm. general? Uh, So I think we first have to establish that the pandemic is such a strange and difficult time. So I completely empathize with everyone who is concerned about working or getting involved and there's just so much uncertainty uh, where um, it any prospects of working may seem uncertain so before I everything I think it's important to remember to be kind to yourself so many opportunities like internships have been scaled back and there are probably many other more urgent matters that you need to attend to so I think it's very important to first take good care of your physical and mental well-being that's my 
first advice. And for more practical advice, I would um, recommend that you do as much research and create as many concrete action plans as possible. So for example, if you're interested in doing research work, go sign up for an appointment with your professor over Zoom and talk about your research interests. Or if you're interested in joining a club or becoming an exec for a club, join their mailing list or, you know, follow their social media pages for any upcoming opportunities. I'm sure Ursa also has many wonderful virtual events scheduled for this term. So uh, I do go check them out as well. Um, if you're looking for an internship, there's also the spring career fair that is scheduled for February 25th, I believe. And I think in short, it's just important to be flexible and open to new experiences and that you should be willing to step out of your comfort zone, even more so during the pandemic, which can be very restricting. So it's very important for you to constantly uh, try to um, explore new avenues that you haven't um, explored previously. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, especially uh, as someone who did research in COVID and saw the sheer intensity of and effects it had on people's, especially mental health and daily lives. Advice number one is always very important to remember. And then all your suggestions were so great. Thank you so much. Of course. Let's move on to the topic on balancing work and school. So this is sort of like a major question that a lot of students have. Um, IR is also a pretty demanding program. Um, and, you know, in trying to navigate your um, career, you know, alongside or outside of uh, your degree, one of the main concerns is that, oh, will I be able to balance this alongside, you know, four or five courses that I'm taking where every course demands, you know, three, four, five thousand word uh, research papers. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to ask you um, what your experience was like managing um, work or your research project alongside your degree, um, how you were able to, um, or if you ever struggled with time management and what do you do in those moments? Yeah, of course. So like any other student, I also uh, struggle with time management at times and Finding the right work-life balance is um, very important, but also um, over the years, I have managed to learn to better prioritize my time. So, oh, sorry, prioritize and manage my time. So I used to be the person who kind of says yes to all the opportunities because I thought it was always good to have many choices and experiment with different things so I can find out which one resonates with me the most. But I, I realized that doing so soon would sorry, doing so overwhelmed me so much um, that I felt like it was impossible to get away from work. And so that's when I realized that saying no is just as important to show respect for yourself. It's not about how many opportunities uh, you can take on, but about how many opportunities you can eliminate in your life. And mm -hmm. obviously that was not easy at first, but over time I learned how to focus on the vital few priorities, such as my classes, um, work such as this research project and preparing for post-graduation in my unique situation. Uh, so although it can be very tempting to try and join as many activities, clubs, and classes as possible to try and build your resume, I would definitely recommend against that because um, it does not help you in the long run. And so if you feel like you're all, all over the place and overburdened, I think it's um, a good uh, 
idea to reevaluate your priorities to make sure you aren't sacrificing your productivity and more importantly, your well-being. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Actually, Yujung, do you want to touch a little bit on how you started to build your resume at Earth uh, uh, during your time at UBC? Because I was this research project your first ever sort of volunteer um work or volunteer experience at UBC or did you start off you know uh participating and being part of uh uh AMS clubs at UBC like how did you how did you begin to build your resume slowly and and start to get involved so um I was a part of many different organizations and clubs on campus ranging from TEDx UBC to UBC Pre-Law Society, which is also an AMS club. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, I think uh, I was part of many different activities, again, just to um, better understand where my interests and passion lie in. Uh, I think uh, that aspect of building the resume, I th- in my first year, I, I used to think that my resume wasn't good enough. And I... Uh, didn't really know where to start, um, especially if you just enter university. But I also realized that the things that I was involved with during high school can be a great starting point for a great resume, especially when you're in your first and second year. So uh, going back to my example of being involved in NUNN high school, I um, took that and was able to uh, discover similar clubs on campus, whether that is pre-law society or um, you can even join MUN. I'm sure UBC uh, has a great MUN club as well. There's also UBC D- Debate Society. So like I did my research and kind of joined a club that I was most interested in. And I think once you make that first entrance, it just becomes a lot easier to access other opportunities on and off campus as you make connections and build relevant skills. So as you move forward, you won't be limited by opportunities just in your immediate interest, but also in the vicinity. Uh, so while my starting point may have been in, let's say, TEDxUBC, because I also did that in high school, um, it is also very possible to become an editor for uh, ed- editor-in-chief for an undergraduate journal, for example. So I think it's always about like taking that leap of faith and trusting the process. And it's also important to realize that not all opportunities may be paid. And in fact, at the very beginning of building your resume, it's more likely that you'll have more unpaid work experience. But I think it's also important to remember, remember that they will be your opportunities for the future. And um, like in my case, because I've built my resume by being involved in many different clubs and organizations on and off campus, I was able to um, use those skills moving forward. And that also provided me with the opportunity of this research project. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, thanks for sharing, especially Mm -hmm. at UBC. It's always hard to take that first step when in such a big university campus and join the club or join that activity. But I've definitely noticed as the as you progress throughout your first, second, third year, it definitely gets easier to gather everything up and get better positions and roles. Yeah, it does, because you meet so many different people through the organizations, and um, that often, um, net- we all know how important networking is, so that often also leads to other opportunities. So I think it's just a door after another door, and I think just opening that first door is 
um, where you have to take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did this change your interest for what you want to pursue afterwards mm-hmm. or what you are pursuing? Maybe even right now you might have changed your course. Mm-hmm. So this research experience personally was very enlightening for me because it helped me reorient my career goals. So prior to this experience, I was unsure as to what I wanted to do following graduation, which obviously was exacerbated by the realities of the pandemic. But after doing research, I became set on going to graduate school because I realized I truly enjoy studying what I study and I wanted to do further research. Uh, So I would say if you are feeling uncertain about what you want to do after university or you're even slightly interested in doing research or whether you want to figure out whether graduate school is a good choice for you, I would strongly recommend you to try and get involved in research because it will most definitely give you clarity. Speaking of getting involved in, you know, these kinds of uh, research intensive projects, Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for someone who might be in their first and second year and and is really curious about getting involved in a research project like yours, um, but perhaps they're not so confident in their writing ability? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any advice for someone um, who, who may have those concerns? So I think the first step would be to... Um, be super engaged and work hard in the in class because I think building those skills writing whether that's writing researching or reading building those essential skills is very important to be able to do research so I think um, focusing on that first is um, is focusing on that would be the first step to research and I think the second step would be to just kind of go talk to your professor I think Um, If you just bring all those kind of concerns and discuss your research interests, and if the professor can really tell that you're genuinely interested in doing further research, I am so sure that um, maybe not immediately, but down the road, they will have an opportunity that they may be able to refer you to. So I think it's really important to kind of express those research interests to a professor, because otherwise, they won't be able to know whether or not you're interested in doing such projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think passion is equally as important as, you know, the hard skills that you're able to offer, whether that's writing skills or, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge. I think passion is as equally as important. And if a professor can see that you're genuinely very excited or enthusiastic about a particular, you know, research area or a topic, um, you will definitely stand out as a student. Yeah, and I, I, going off of that, I think it's really important just because um, someone might have the writing skills, but if they aren't as passionate about the project, then they might not be able to produce as good results as someone, for example, who may not have as such good writing skills, but if they're super passionate about it, then naturally you're going to be inclined to produce such good research that I think that comes across to professors. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's, we sidetracked a little bit, Giselle, but... <laughs> yeah. Wanna... We can, yeah, do the final kind of title together question, mm-hmm. which, um, what do you think was the most valuable lesson or maybe experience that you've gotten out of being in international relations and doing, getting opportunities to do research like this Mm -hmm. so I guess this kind of lines up with what I've been 
saying for this episode, but I think the most valuable lesson that I've gained out of this experience is um, that stepping out of your comfort zone means opening up yourself to more possibilities. And there's so many productive ways to go about being more open and, and engaged with the world. It doesn't have to happen through research projects. It's just one of the ways in which you can be more uh, engaged. Um, but when we do decide to open up ourselves, I think we get new opportunities, experiences, insights, and even paradigm shifts like myself when I decide when I reoriented my career goals. And while being out of your comfort zone can be very terrifying at times, every opportunity is such a great chance to get closer to achieving your goals and dreams that you may not even know existed within you. So I think it's important to acknowledge that feeling vulnerable and fearful to um, open up yourself simply means that you actually care. And once you realize that, I think um, you can really take it to your heart when they say the world is your oyster. So it's you can be brave and put yourself out there. And I'm so sure that many opportunities will come to you. Yeah. That was very nicely said again. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for having me on the episode. It's been great talking to you both. No, of thank course. you so much for being on. Okay. If anyone has any questions for me, feel free to contact me at uh, Yujung. So it's spelled Y-O-O-J-U-N-G 28 at gmail.com. So just to repeat that, it's Y O O J U N G 28 at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Yujang, for being on this week's episode of Global Get Down. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in.